I'm not Mike Stewart, those of you that know Mike and those of you that have been around uh, church the last couple of weeks and have uh, heard us talk about the fact that Mike Stewart, one of our uh, young, young, yeah, is he young? Is Mike Stewart young? Compared to me, compared to me, uh, one, uh, one of our uh, church's dads and and uh, husbands is going to share a bit of his story today, but I got a, a call from him early this morning, just as I was walking in the office and, uh, you know, you see it's the speaker for the morning. You make a quick assumption that you hope isn't true, uh, but it was true. How you doing, Mike? I'm all upbeat, right? Just hoping for the best. No, actually, I'm serious because I, I, I'm, uh, there's a disappointment factor. But God knows because Mike's story, as he shared it over coffee with me a couple times over the last year and a half, what God's doing is just, was just I, I'm disappointed that today you're not hearing that. But God has a plan. And that's okay. And there'll be another time. But, uh, yeah, his honest answer was um, in, in response to my question, how are you doing? Not so good. Oh, well, um, he was working yesterday around the house or outside, whatever it was, and um, got something in his eye, and he woke up this morning knowing that he just needed to get to emergency, so uh, I checked in uh, 15 minutes ago here. I was texting during church. I know you don't do that, but I wanted to check and see how they're doing, and uh, I texted Carol to see how they're doing, uh, and they are at the Royal Alec, and I've got permission to share this, uh, waiting in the... uh, the eye room for the doctor hurts a lot. And I said, I whispered to Miriam, I, ca- I can't imagine uh, that you could get up and give a testimony of what happens when I get just a little eyelash in my eye and how crazy I go. It's just the worst. So um, Carol said, we're sitting in a dark room and I'm reading about love languages out loud to him while he can't move. Might as well learn. So uh, I said, that's great. Love it. Can I share that with the church family? Yes, she said. So uh, pray for Mike. Uh, but seriously, keep him in your prayer. We're going to have, a, 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 as we fairly regularly do, uh, ministry time prayer this morning. And when we use that term, that's a reference to the fact or to the times when we have couples from our church prayer teams or individuals and we kind of make a big horseshoe with the, I'm just preparing you for that at the end. And I want your heart to be prepared to give your needs to God this morning, whatever they are. You, you might think it's a small thing. God cares. Okay. So we're going to, we're going to, we're going to do that. And I had prepared knowing a little bit about what Mike was going to share. And uh, I had prepared some, a couple of paragraphs of thoughts and, and a couple of scriptures from Psalm 13 that I wanted to share after Mike spoke, but before our ministry prayer time. And I actually did that maybe a week and a half ago. And it was in the Sunday order and planned to come and just prayerfully review that this morning as brief as that 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 was going to be and had forgotten actually what the essence of that was and and forgotten uh, didn't even think this morning after I got the phone call from Mike um I I knew right away what I I felt I I, the Holy Spirit wanted me to 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 share and uh had forgotten about what I had previously prepared it was only after I had finished and actually as I was sitting in church here and I Check my, my other notes. The scripture where we're going to land, Psalm 13, 5, is the key, was the last scripture verse that was in my notes to share briefly before our ministry prayer time. It's just a little thing, I know, 
could call it a coincidence, but I, I kind of believe not. That, as I said, I believe in the sovereignty of God. And he cares for Mike. He's praying that God will touch him and work in, in him and Carol. I said, I, I just pray God's peace for you and, and join me in that prayer. And God, God, has, God has a plan for our lives and for this morning. When life goes sideways, we all have difficulties that come our way, sometimes far too often. And sometimes, you know, the old phrase, when it rains, it pours. And there's, there's times like that where there's a reason that's a little saying, <laughs> right? We all have problems that we, that we come up against that we need to, or that we feel like we, we need to solve. And sometimes that's true. Life is not problem-free. Christian, Christianity, Christian living is not problem-free. No matter what you may have heard from, you know, whatever, whoever, some TV preacher or whatever, not to disparage that, but it, it's not the case. It's not biblical. God has much to say in his word about times when we face problems in this world. And we'll get to that in a moment. I, I can't verify this story, but someone I know well shared it with me a long time ago, and it was about, yeah, about the creativity that is sometimes needed to solve problems in life. The story is about a group of high school girls who, for a time, were having some fun putting lipstick on in the girls' washroom at high school and kissing the mirror. That's another discussion, but that's what they were doing. And it, it was a real pain for the caretaker to clean. And finally, the principal found out who these girls were. So he had a little chat with the, the caretaker, and they, they brought the girls together. They came up with a plan to deal with this problem. So pulled the girls together along with the, the principal and the caretaker in the washroom after school one day. And he started to explain, without saying anything about what he knew they had been doing, you know, it's, it's, it's quite difficult to, to clean these mirrors in the best of circumstances. And there's been some activity that has created a bit of a lipstick mess uh, in, in the washrooms here. He said, I want to I show you, he said this to the girls, I, I want to show you what's involved in cleaning the mirror. Wink, wink to the caretaker. His hope, of course, being that they would learn their lessons, stop this behavior. And so at the principal's nod to the caretaker, the caretaker took a small squeegee, dipped it into the toilet water, mixed it around a bit, and proceeded to clean the mirror, dipped it in the toilet water, mixed it around a bit, continued cleaning, dipped, mixed, cleaned. Horror in the eyes of the girls. Problem solved. Sometimes... Life demands creativity when we face troubles, when we try to solve problems, when we think about, try to, try to think about how we can imagine getting through this. Well, the ultimate source of creativity is the Holy Spirit, right? 
And sometimes there's strategies. Sometimes there's things that he wants us to do in different circumstances. But there's some general things that scripture makes so clear. And this is review probably for most of you. And if you're here as a, as a spiritual seeker and, and this whole Christian thing is kind of outside, you're, you're outside your comfort zone right now. Let me first of all say, good on you. Way to go. Very courageous for you being here today. And I, I believe there'll, there'll be something uh, for you to, to ponder very, very seriously about, about your life because I'm sure there's trouble in your life as well. Um, the scripture says some things. And, and, and we believe that the Bible is God's word to us. And it's life and it's strength. And it's spiritual, emotional, relational health. But, but we, we can't always solve life problems, life's problems. We, we live in what the Bible makes clear and we see <laughs> Very clear evidence of daily, even in our two-year-old as they come into that stage, that we live in a, in a sin-marred, in a broken world, in a sin-marred world. Difficulties are a reality, pain and sorrow, and sometimes situations that we don't understand and, and, and would never ask for are a reality in a broken world. A world that God didn't create that way, by the way. And that's another topic. I'd be more than happy to share that from the biblical perspective with you. But the Bible talks honestly about this and about how to walk through life in a way that is healthy and God-honoring. However, many people, and you know some of them, and maybe it's been you at times, when they face pain, when they face trouble in life, they, 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 they succumb to it. And it negatively begins to affect their health and their emotional health and their relationships. And they, they maybe blame God or they blame others or both. And, and, and some, sadly, take their life. There's a song. You, how many of you have seen Stuart Little? Some of you younger folks will remember this song, maybe, from Stuart Little. Uh, but it's an older song, I, I think probably in the late 60s, uh, late 60s by a, a guy named Gilbert O'Sullivan. Uh, no, I'm not going to sing it. Alone again, naturally. You can't speak those words. You have to have little influx of uh, intonation there, but alone again, naturally. And again, some of you know the song. But have, you ever, have you ever listened to the very first verse of that song? A sad commentary of what People this decade, last decade, last century, through the millennia, have struggled with pain, inner pain that leads them to do things that are very sad and not God's plan, of course. The first verse of that song by Gilbert O'Sullivan, in a little while from now, if I'm not feeling any less sour, I promise myself to treat myself and visit a nearby tower. Climbing to the top, throw myself off. That's in the Stuart Little movie. I don't know if they play that verse, but and you get to the course. The verse continues a little bit and you get to the course and it says, alone again, naturally. A picture... Of great pain and 
I'm no, I know my wife tells me I'm not supposed to apologize when I get choked up, but I, I, when I'm up here talking about this stuff, and times when we move into prayer to give our stuff to God, my shepherd heart can't help but break for many of you and some of your stories, some of your situations, and some of your questions and doubts and fears, and, and that we all share, myself included. That was a little sidebar explanation there. Sorry. When, when facing difficulty in life, not knowing how to cope, some try to drink it away or prescription drug it away or sometimes people withdraw. Christian people, I see this over, I've seen this over the many years of ministry that, that, and the quick thing to do, the easy thing to do, and I get it, to withdraw, to pull away. Even from relationships that had been valuable and, and, and supportive and encouraging to you. Easy to pull away. And people do it. They withdraw into their, into their cave, isolating themselves from others. That's, that's dangerous. Don't do Fight that. Fight that. The Bible does not try to hide the fact that we will face pain and sorrow in this life. And not only that, God is big enough to handle our toughest questions. And if you've read the Psalms in the middle of the Old Testament, 150 of them, and if it's unfamiliar to you, I recommend reading them. 150 Psalms. Some are very short. Psalm 119, uniquely long, but most are very readable in just a few minutes or less. And some of those Psalms, and we'll, we'll touch on a couple of them, that have very difficult questions for God about what is going on. And this is from a godly guy like David. God is big enough to handle those hard questions that you have about, you know, the, the questions that are asked out of a place of pain and suffering. And if you want to jot a few of these down, we don't have PowerPoint slides. Didn't quite have time to pull that together this morning. But, um, but I can give you these if you want these scriptures and, and I can email them to you. Or... <laughs> Do a self-read and just be a, be a self-feeder that I know many of you are on, on the word of God and, and highlight so many verses on the pain side and on the trust side of this equation of going through difficulty. Um, Psalm 10.1, oh Lord, why do you stand so far away? Why do you hide when I am in trouble? Whoa, easy, easy, David. What, what is that? Where are you, God? God doesn't strike him down. When he says that, when he writes that, when he asks that. Psalm 73, 2. I almost lost my footing. My feet were slipping. And I almost, I was almost gone. Psalm 77, 1 to 3. I cry out to God. Yes, I shout. Oh, that God would listen to me. Kind of sounds like he's wrestling with whether he believes it or not that God is listening. When I was in deep trouble, in deep trouble, I searched for the Lord. All night long I prayed with my hands lifted toward heaven, but my soul was not comforted. Did you know that? Did you know that was in the Bible? A place where a God-loving person called out to God and they felt, at least they felt like they received no comfort. And in fact, they didn't feel it. So they weren't. What's up with that, God? Verse 3, Psalm 77, I think of God and I moan, overwhelmed with longing for his help. But there was a time here where it was like that help wasn't coming. What's with that? 
Psalm 77. Continuing on, the last part of verse 4. I am too distressed even to pray. I won't ask for you to show your hand, but I think probably all of us who have walked with Christ for any length of time could say that. He's honest. I love it. Going back to Psalm 16.1. Keep me safe, O God, for I have come to you for refuge. You ever feel like you need a, a refuge to run to? That's a, that's a cool picture. And God presents himself as a refuge. Psalm 46.1. Very present help in time of trouble. That's what God is. That's what God wants to be. Sometimes we don't perceive that. Sometimes we don't take him up on that. Sometimes we've got so much blurred perspective because of it that we, we, don't, we don't feel it's delivered. His help, his comfort. I mean, the, the, the psalmist, the writer is just so honest. And that's a good thing. Psalm 27, 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger, so why should I trouble? Mm, coming around, it's good. And this, this isn't chronological, this, this, it's kind of like life, this, this stuff is all over the map, right? Depending on the day, depending on the variety of things, how we're feeling. Psalm 123, 1, I lift my eyes to you, O Lord, enthroned in heaven. That's a good reminder for him. And I can imagine David, a, a shepherd boy, out there with his harp on the rock. You know, all this, this picture of him looking up at the heavens. Oh, yes, i got to remember this. I have to remember this. The God who created everything that's out there, the beauty of what I see. And, of course, in this day and age of technology, that, that is far beyond what, what, what David was perceiving, right? When he looked up at the heavens. But it was still a powerful reminder to him. I lift my eyes to you, O God, enthroned in heaven, the one who created. You, you, you reign in, and have created everything I see. You're, you're big enough to handle my situation. Psalm 130, verse 5. I am counting on the Lord. Yes, I am counting on him. I have put my hope in his word. So many psalms. Five things, really quickly, to remind ourselves of when we face trouble, when we face pain. Five simple things to say, but not always so easy to live out. Number one, guard against bitterness. At all costs, protect your heart. Psalm, uh, sorry, Proverbs 4.23. Guard your heart, for out of it spring everything that life is. All the issues of life. So vital. Hebrews 12.15 as well says, let, uh, let no root of bitterness spring up causing trouble and by it many become defiled not just you a bitter heart is not just toxic poison to you but it becomes the same to relationships and to relationships you care about oh protect let's let's commit to protect our heart especially in times of pain when bitterness can set settle in there quite easily spiritual cancer bitterness is Guard against bitterness. Number, number two. Uh, did, I, did I just do this? Number two. Number two. Determine to trust. Make that choice ahead of time. Remind yourself of your determination to trust God no matter what when the times are, are good. Remind yourself of that daily. Makes it much easier to follow through on that commitment to truly trust God when trouble hits. Determined to trust God. Never, ne never assume that God's silence or apparent inactivity is evidence of his disinterest. Did you hear that? Never assume that God's silence or apparent inactivity is evidence of his 
disinterest in you. It's vital. Hebrews 13, 5, I will never, God says, I will never leave you or forsake you. And that's a promise. God can be trusted even when he can't be tracked. <laughs> God can be trusted even when he can't be tracked. You might want to write that down and remind yourself of that. In times of pain and trouble, know that God is there and determined to trust him. Thirdly, keep an eternal perspective. Keep an eternal perspective. That the difficulty of what we may face here and now as Christians is far outweighed by the awesomeness of what we're going to experience on the other side of this life. Second Corinthians, we don't have time to read it, but Second Corinthians 4, 17 and 18. And just the last part of verse 18 that talks about this stuff now will be soon gone, but things that we can't even comprehend, they're going to last forever. That's cool. Keep an eternal perspective. Fourthly, receive comfort and encouragement from others in the body. I said it already. Fight the temptation. Resist the temptation to recoil, to go into your shell, to isolate yourself when you're facing pain. 1 Corinthians 12 has some good things to say about that, about care for one another in the body. It's just so vital. And I, I love it when I see that. And I see that in our church often. And many times that comes through connection in small groups, right? And, and that makes sense because it's in the small group environment that people get to know you and you get to know people and you get to know their story and they get to know your story. And when there's trouble, you're able to share it. And there's comfort and transparency and honesty and trust. And, and out of that comes that there's care. There's, there's care. There's needs met. There's help. There's support. Man, if you're not in a small group, be here September 23rd. That wasn't in my notes, but that's the small group sign up day. Seriously. Fight the temptation to stay away from the gathering on a Sunday where you feel depleted and you feel the pain that you've been going through and the trouble is just more than you can bear. Fight the temptation that you will face to stay away. Is it bad to say, is it bad for the pastor to say, there's times when I feel like it and I'm glad I kind of have to be here <laughs> those times and so many of those times I go away at the end of a Sunday morning richer stronger encouraged I do consistently on times when I feel like staying home is that too honest? I love this church. I love you. I love being with you. And fifthly, use life's difficulties to draw closer to God. I'm not going to say it. Yes, I am. Bitter or better. Ooh, how bitter or better. It's kind of corny, but it's true. It's true. Difficulties in life can sink you. Or cause you to just be more buoyant, recognizing God's under it all, with you all and within you. And I, it's just, it's just true. My journal, scrawl. This is where the Psalm 13 comes in. So I came in early and my dear wife agreed to deliver this to the church this morning. And uh, 
because I knew I knew having been reading through the Psalms in addition to my other reading in the Bible uh, the last number of months that there was there was something here uh, that would that would be something I'd want to share today. Psalm 13, one one to two says, "O Lord, how long will you forget me?" We we read this forever. No, we read a similar uh, verse. "O Lord, how long will you forget me? Forever?" Whoa, whoa, whoa. Honest. How long will you look the other way? How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day? On uh, January 29th, my journal, Psalm 13, a few reflections here about this very, very passage. One of the things I wrote just simply is David's words show that he feels forgotten by God. And then a little later I wrote, but just four verses later in Psalm 13, 5, he reaffirms, what's he do out of his pain? He reaffirms his commitment to trust. That's so good. Lord, help me to do that consistently. That's using life's difficulties to get closer to God. And that comes with, there's no other way. There's no other way around it except to choose to trust. To hear, and you've heard me say this before. You've been around for any length of time. To hear yourself, because I need to. I, I, I say this to people one-on-one. I, I, there's times when I just need to hear myself say those words out loud. I trust you, Lord. I, I choose. I choose to trust you. I don't, I don't get it. I don't know what to do, but you do. I choose to trust you. I don't understand this situation, but you do. You know the big picture. I choose to trust. I need to hear hear myself say it and maybe you do as well dr david osborne uh from denver seminary goes back a number of years but i'm not sure if he's there still but he, he said this too often we try to use god to change our circumstances while he is using our circumstances to change us or at least he wants to huh learning and that's not an intellectual learning. That's a relational learning. Andy Stanley in 2013 at Catalyst West Conference um, was, was, was speaking. And he, he said this phrase. He said, you don't learn anything on the wrinkle-free days. It's true. And he started talking about his sons who play baseball. And they play baseball all through high school. And he, he would tell them, you don't learn anything on those wrinkle-free days out on the field. He, he'd remind them that you... You don't learn much when you win. You go to the Dairy Queen when you win. That's what he said. Both his sons were pitchers. And on their bad days when they, when they pitched very uh, poorly, his, his one son especially would, would, would want to quit. And, and he'd walk them through that process of facing challenge, difficulty, dejection. He... Confessed, Andy Stanley did. He's pastor of a large church in the Atlanta area. And uh, he, he confessed a bad, a bad parenting moment driving home one day after a bad loss when his son had, had pitched uh, very, very poorly. Andy, the dad, encouragement was, remember, you only learn the most when you lose. And, and son, he said, he literally said this. This is what he told us. He said, son, just think. You learned more than anybody else today. Uh, 
And then he said, you know what? God takes full responsibility for a life that is fully yielded to him. And it's only in the moments and the days when we come back out of our pain, out of our questions, out of our anger, out of what's ever there that's trouble. And we say, I choose to lean on your strong arms, God. I surrender. I trust you. I do. I trust you with my next step, with my next thought, with my next words, with, with my next word. I, I, I trust you. God takes full responsibility for a life that is fully yielded to him. I, I don't know about you, but I, I'd rather have the creator of the universe fully responsible for my life than Marlo Jenkins <laughs> by a long shot. So I'm going to lean into his loving care. I want Psalm 13, 5 to be ringing in your hearts and minds as you leave here today in a little while. Which is what? David, out of his pain, read, read that whole Psalm 13, but then get to verse 5. I want verse 5 to be ringing in your minds and hearts as you leave this gathering today. It simply says, but, and, and the but is, a, is an important part. No sick joke is going to follow that sentence right there, just so you know. But I trust in your unfailing love. But I trust in your unfailing love. Don't understand this, but I trust in your unfailing love. My heart is so broken, so broken. But I trust in your unfailing love. This illness that's ravaging my loved one. God, I don't get it. I know you're the same yesterday to today and forever and you're able to touch them i don't get it we're going to hear that story apart i mean to be honest as i say that i see that there's no doubt going to be some overlap between today and and, and next sunday as, as ron shares as he has briefly before so so transparently but but that's okay it's god's 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 got a plan out of my pain out of my sorrow out of the things I don't understand, out of my bitterness, out of my anger, I surrender to you and I will trust in your unfailing love. Kids, kids, elementary students here, don't ever let go of that. You guys are awesome. You guys are precious. You guys are such a valuable part of our church. Choose every day that you live to trust in the unfailing love of Jesus for you. You, 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 all of you, students as well, adults. <laughs> but I trust in your unfailing love. I want you to stand to your feet, please. And I'm going to ask the prayer partners, pastoral leaders, council leaders, and prayer partners to move out. And I, I, I want a, a couple or a prayer... Uh, station whatever underneath both backboards and then in the corner and, and then spread out not not all across the stage here but spread out and i i don't i don't care if you view what's on your mind what comes to your mind right now regarding what you want to give to god if you think it's ah it's small it's so small no don't think that way please god doesn't because he cares about you he loves you and so 
we have an opportunity in the next 10 minutes or so to just give our stuff to God and take a step as someone agrees with us in prayer about whatever the situation is and you don't have to share anything, God knows, or you can share a one sentence, this is what I'd like prayer for. And dive into prayer. An opportunity to take a step towards Psalm 13.5. But I will trust in your unfailing love. Remind yourself of that in this time of prayer this morning as the worship band leads. And if you can just remember to keep the volume a little, a little lower than normal so that uh, prayer and, and sharing uh, can, can be heard. Okay? And for those of you that there's, there's nothing right now that is, is a situation that you want to give to God, you sing, you worship. You, you might want to just uh, express your, uh, your, your faith on, on behalf of those who come forward and just reach a hand out and begin, begin to pray. You don't know the situation. That's okay. God does. And you're agreeing in prayer. That's what's happening. For those of you that might be afraid right now to step out, there's not judgment. There's not, oh, I wonder what their situation is, like, like I sometimes say, right? No, there's, I, I'm at the body, I believe, prays for you. And so there's extra prayer as you step out. Do it now.